This is episode 54 of Two Minutes for Chatting and well it's a it's a belter we've got in store as they all are. This one I think especially some good signings and a, a decent bit of discussion now we've got a, a full team to well I was going to say I don't know what I was going to say about it but I was going <laughs> to say something anyway so it's episode 54. Yeah good signings is kind of putting in mildly as well especially for one up. Yeah true. We'll come to that, of course, but first as ever, do you do you know of any previous clan number 54? There's only one that can that springs to mind, and it's uh, Kyle Bruce, but I don't know, I'm not sure if there was uh, any other ones. Nah. Maybe, maybe it's that early. Nah. He was the only one. Yeah, okay. And, uh, well, it was before my time, so I've never seen him, but I know he was regarded as one of the best players early on. A fitting name to... Uh, to a jersey there, uh, and hopefully we'll do that that jersey proud in this episode. But we'll if, see. If you're listening, Kyle. Yeah, we should have given him a call, but uh, you never know. Maybe he's just not into it. But anyway, so we've got three three signings to to complete the roster. Clan one that is, and it all started last week with the first of two re-signings. I guess one was maybe a bit more expected than the others, but. This one though, I think a bit out of left field. I don't really think we'd consider this guy's coming back. Travis Earhart was announced as returning. He was our last defensive signing. Yeah, not really sure what I was sort of thinking when this came in. I was kind of not disappointed that, that he'd come back, but you know, I think we spoke about the previous podcast the, the sort of need for a stay at home D man was the thing that. I, think we both thought that we were lacking. You know, to, to see Earhart's name come up was a, a bit of a surprise. You look at what he did for his last year and, um, you know, and sort of silly mistakes. At times aside, uh, he was he was a, a pretty good D-man for us, um, putting up 31 points for us as well. So, I mean, there's no doubt he's a he's a talented player and he's kind of, his CV speaks for itself as well. Yeah, I don't know, it was a, a wee bit surprising for me. Yeah, I think we just were caught out a bit. I don't think... If we'd known that it was one of the returning guys, or if it was somebody who would be returning, I didn't think it was going to be him. I thought, well, we didn't know if it was Wilson. We'd both obviously said that it would have been good to have him. But he, I mean, yeah, Earhart, I think, is very talented. I would I would still put him in the, the more of an offensively-minded defenseman category, but he's um, played at a really high level when you look. And uh, I think at times he showed really... That he was a really good skater and uh, a good shot and, you know, put up points. He played a, a lot of minutes, so you probably did notice that some of the mistakes as well. But maybe maybe given he's been here for a year and he's a bit more used to things, we can expect slightly less of that. But as you said, not, not disappointing, but just a bit surprising. But, I, I mean, I can't really complain too much, having looked at the, the makeup of the whole team. Just maybe one or two changes that we'll come on to, but nah, I mean, pretty happy. I thought I thought he looked, I thought he looked good most of the time. Yeah, no, I would agree. It just yeah, again, just kind of what we what we spoke about. It was maybe a wee bit sort of surprising. Pretty decent for us, so quite happy to have him back. Yeah, I mean, another way to look at it is I think if we had been reacting to it as if this was his first season that he'd been signed, then we would be even more positive. I would say. Just yeah. because we've seen bits and pieces of sometimes the good and the bad, it's maybe not quite as exciting. But I mean, looking at looking at where he's played, he's 
he is a good player. He's certainly, I would say, the, the better of the two brothers, although maybe the more offensive, as I've said. But. So he, he completes the, the six defencemen. We'll come on to that. The following night was really the... It's hard to, to argue that he's not the marquee signing of, well, potentially all-time clan-wise. Would you have it? Would you have anything to argue against that? Not really, but you know, at the same time, you, you can have you can have a great CV and, and come in and you know it just doesn't work out. And, yeah, true. Uh, we've, we've seen that happen before, so yeah. To be to be fair, that there are guys like Petone and Ulmer who mm-hmm. had probably well, I think they they definitely played more NHL games than uh, this guy. And things like that, but I've just got a better feeling about this one than any others. But, yeah, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a really good uh, marquee signing for us. And just kind of watching some of his highlights as well from the from the video that that the clan put out, you can see he's got a lot of skill and you know likes to get in the in the goalie's face and stuff like that. And hopefully, good for sort of redirect shots and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so it, I don't think I actually mentioned his name there, but. <laughs> Chad Rau, and he comes from, uh, well, he's American, but we've signed him from Slovan Bratislava in the KHL, where he played uh, for, for a few seasons he's played there. Previously to that, a couple of years in Finland and Austria before, and then before that, just a career in AHL, and he actually played nine NHL games, which we've seen from the, the press release. But yeah, I mean, he, he looks... A really top player, I think. It's hard to argue with somebody who was the top goal scorer in Liga, was it? In 2015-16. 28 goals in 60 games. You know, he's got points in mainly everywhere, really, that he's played. But that's all at a very high level. So I think when you translate that to the Elite League, you've got a top top player on, on our hands. I'd expect he'll probably play... Centre, although that's still to be still to be decided, I suppose. And the only downside I can see is that he doesn't have a blurb on elite prospects. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not everything, no, as, as as we've seen. But yeah, just a a really good signing. So again, kind of a left field a wee bit. Although obviously some people had sort of been touting that name along with a couple of others. But you know, as as you say, look at his, his CV and he's played at some of the top leagues in the world. You know, consistently at a good level, putting up some some big numbers at times there as well. So um, yeah, like you say, if that that's a transition into this league, um, hopefully that'll be that'll be a good thing for us. Yeah, the other thing I was I was going to say is that he's he's been an assistant captain a few places, so potentially he will he will be that here as well. But comes in I think on a one of the university places, and that's really helped us get sort of top-end guys, I think, in the past, so it's a valuable asset to be able to offer that. But in the interview and stuff, he sounded really up for it and uh, excited for the challenge, so I think I think he's going to do well and he'd fit into, I think, basically any any elite league team without question. So it's, it's definitely real quality and I'm expecting big things and a lot of points and just generally being, you know, excited to see a guy like that play. Yeah, for sure. Again, like like you touched on there, and where is he going to play? Could, obviously, he's he's a, a centre by trade, but he can also play uh, on the left wing as well. So, but we'll maybe we'll maybe talk about lines and stuff a wee bit later on. 
Yep, absolutely. But very, very exciting. So that's a real, a real good one to get to get everybody going. I think for the season, it's only about a month away. So getting there. What um, a fucking signing, man! What a fucking signing! I know. And as um, I believe, Lisa Hunter and Tanya Reid said in reply to our tweet that they're both um, buzzing to to start the season and stuff. So um, we definitely share that those thoughts. Um, yeah. Yep. Final signing was probably the least surprising of them all, but I think it was it was good that they left it till last, considering he's going into his testimonial season and they sort of tied it in with the organisation of that and, and whatever else. But Matt Haywood is back for his 10th season. And I mean, I don't think... I think everybody really knew, but it was just a case of uh, when when were they going to announce him and obviously they left until last. Yeah, and you know if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Matt Haywood is, then where have you been? For the last 10 years. For the last 10 years. Even though we've only been going for one or two or something, I can't even remember. But nah, I definitely, I think that his uh, his game definitely picked up last year from from the season previous uh, as well, and obviously that that helps when you're surrounded by better players. And I think he is that kind of player as well. He will his game sort of ups if he's in a, a better system and a you know a better group of guys around him um, as well. So you're something for another another good season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely got it in him. He's still only what twenty eight. Oh, amazingly, yeah. I know. Assistant captain last year could be the same again, but I mean, uh, nine goals there, which was uh, apart from two thousand sixteen seventeen, that was his sort of highest total. And eleven assists. He's not a guy who you're relying on to put up points, but when somebody like that is giving you points, then it it really does help. Um, but he's certainly a two-way uh, guy who you know does does a decent job, or as well as most of our players do in the face-off circles. But you know I expect him to to have another good season. Hopefully we can get the best out of him again. Yep, definitely. And obviously the testimonials is going to be good. So yeah, buzzing for that. That will be another reason to join the Matt Haywood bandwagon. Before we, we go on to the the clan completion section, I think we'll just quickly run over what's happened in the rest of the league. There's only been a few signings, but some of them really, probably I would say, significant, so we'll, we'll touch on those. But in terms of uh, re-signings, there's been a couple at Cardiff, um, Bryce Reddick and back in defence, and Tom Murday is back as... The backup goalie to Bounds. Reddick is, I mean, Murdy's pretty steady. I think he, I remember him having a really good game against us. But Reddick especially has has been good for for Cardiff recently. Um, so it, it's it's no surprise really that they bring back their best players, which is basically every player. <laughs> yeah, I every year just bring back bring back your best guys. That's that's what Cardiff do. Um, you know we've seen it. Belfast have lost some of their best players from last year. You know they're sort of going on to, to elsewhere in Europe, and in Blair Riley's case, he's going to to Cardiff himself. So it's obviously the the go to place for a lot of these guys, and they do they do well to, to hold on to a lot of them. Um, you know I think I think a lot of them could 
could play at a higher level, but obviously they've got the, the pull of the Champions Hockey League every year as well, which is which is something as well. Yeah, it's a big deal. Elsewhere, Fife have been still pretty quiet on the same front, but they have announced the return of Paul Crowder, who started the season really well. I mean, I think he was one of the top point scorers in the league for a good while, and he had a bit of an injury. But I mean, if he can if he can repeat that for Fife throughout the whole season, then uh, he'll be pretty dangerous. Um, you know, he was good, obviously a good player at Cardiff, but Fife he really got relied on to be the the go to guy, and they they got the best out of him for most of that season. So, I mean, he yeah, he's he's going to be good for them, I think again. Yeah, definitely. Also, I had a spell in, in Australia, um, so I don't know if that's that could just be a. As a result of you know the kind of the injury that he had, and he's maybe looking to get sort of full fitness back there. But for forty points from twelve games, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, again, that kind of that speaks for itself as well. Um, but we know what he's like. We know what kind of player he is and, and how good he is. And you know, if he, if he stays fit, then he'll be he'll be another top re-sign for for Fife. Yeah, and I think obviously his brother played at Coventry last year. There was maybe a couple of rumours that Fife might be signing him. So uh, the two of them did did well respectively. So I think um, that wouldn't be the the worst signing for them. But uh, hard to kind of judge where they are at the moment, given that they've not signed or announced as many as as other teams. And finally, Mike Will back at Guildford. He's a guy that. We know quite well, quite well, should I say. Um, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what they're doing with the goaltending situation uh, yet. I think, in fact, Fullerton's back there, isn't he? Whether or not they're going with Will as a, a kind of full-time backup or they're, they're bringing in Carozzi or whoever it was again to do, a, to do a tandem, I'm not sure. But I mean, I don't think there's there's too much to say. Mike Will seemed like a nice guy, but I never thought he was the best of goalkeepers. But hey ho, you know he did a job being called upon. I think he had, you know, he had maybe one one season he played uh, maybe about a dozen games or so, and actually looked pretty decent when he gets a run. But you know, it doesn't always happen, especially at this level. So you know, obviously likes it there to be his, his fourth season now. We go for it, so obviously knows the setup and stuff, and it's probably just quite enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're not playing all the time to come in and be top yeah. level. I definitely appreciate that, so it's not really something against him. But I, I suspect that they might go with the two goalies again, given that they seem to, you know, have appreciated what they had last year and it worked so well for them. Elsewhere, transfer wise, uh, Manchester have had one out and one in Shane Backer who uh, has moved to Thetford Mines Assurantia and uh, good pronunciation yeah uh, I'm not really sure what the setup there is I don't know if it's a kind of semi-retirement type setup but that's that LNAH league that I'll never pretend to know much about but I mean he was a I think the fans really liked him down in Manchester but opposition fans not so much at all, but that was really what he was there for, I think. Yeah, just basically like an antagoniser, really. Was assistant captain there. Yeah, two years that he was there. Um, both seasons picked up over a, over 100 penalty minutes, which is actually not 
not as bad as what I thought it would be. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just it's just whatever you know. It kind of finishes kind of style is to get guys like that in. But you know, often it doesn't really translate. And I don't think it translated very well last year. No. Um, I think yeah, I think he'd been a captain before it. Some of the clubs he was at and stuff, he, he was obviously one of those guys that was a, a decent influence in the dressing room, but he never really produced points-wise, which is not necessarily his role, but um, yeah, he did fit into that style, so I guess in a, in a way that would be big shoes to fill, but we know that they've got a huge turnover this year, Manchester, so um, again, it's quite hard to judge where they're going to be. Um, but they did bring in Ned Lukasevic, um, who we know from his time at Fife, Edinburgh and Coventry. I mean, he's had more clubs than I've had hot dinners, this guy <laughs> recently. But um, I think a really good player on his day, but didn't have as many days as he would want. I think that's fair to say. He's got a really weird CV, doesn't he? He's kind of a bit all over the place um, in recent years, obviously. You know, so early years played played spells in the in the AHL. Uh, I think he had one full season in uh, American League, and then so East Coast League, and um, before moving over to Europe. And then since then, he's been in Sweden, Germany, Slovakia, Japan, Scotland, England, Poland, <laughs> Hungary, Denmark, France. Yeah. So he's he's done a tour. A full European tour, yeah. And funnily enough, he's coming from tours. I know, he just, he, he was really, I think he's a really good player and, you know, can be dangerous. If they get the best out of him at Manchester, then they've got a really good player. Um, yeah. So we'll see. He, he's, he's, it's interesting because, I mean, Finnerty is very much, uh, you know, based on work rate and effort and that kind of thing, but he, he doesn't strike you as that kind of player, but he is sort of got that X factor that can really produce stuff so as I said he might he might be a real top guy for them if if he sticks around and and does well but it's it's hard to hard to guarantee that I suppose but that's the gamble that Manchester take. Indeed. So I thought I thought it was Ned Lukasevich but then Lukasevic I guess is all I, you can also pronounce it. I've only heard of it like that but I don't just, know. Just we'll in need... case, just in case people are listening and thinking. Yeah, we we'll need to need to get a radio uh, an interview with them to to hear it. But I don't know. I've always heard said Lukasevich, but uh, I suppose we need a we need a Canadian slash Montenegro Montenegrin mm. to to connect us. But however you say his name, I think a good player uh, on his day. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just quickly as well, uh, Reese Cochran has moved from Fife to Sheffield Steel Dogs. Um, another kind of young local Fife guy who's moved on. They, they didn't really ever seem to play that much at Fife, but a lot of these guys are good players, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does pretty well there and then maybe moves back up. But Fife at the moment don't really seem to give those guys much of a chance, which is kind of understandable in, in a way. Especially where, where they kind of found themselves, uh, you know, after after a good start last year. Um, you know, it makes it more difficult for guys like that to, 
to get into the team uh, as the season goes on. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with them uh, down in, in Sheffield. Last couple then. First, first up um, is a sign for Dundee, a guy who has got a great name, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Jagger Duck, a defenseman who comes from uh, Kalamazoo Wings in the East Coast League. Actually, I think this guy is going to be a pretty good player. Six feet tall, but so not, not overly big, but to have call-ups to the AHL, you've got to have something about you. Um, and a, a decent record at St. Francis Xavier University. Pretending that I know all about that, but um, no, I think this guy will be a pretty good sign for them. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's uh, unlike uh, Dundee signings and that he's sort of played at a high level, <laughs> I guess. But it's, yeah. um, you know, normally they sort of sign guys straight out of uni, but uh, he's got a couple of years um, sort of playing pro under his belt. So, but yeah, uh, and again, so it looks looks pretty decent from uh, you know, kind of from from the numbers there as well, uh, especially at, at university. Yeah. Um, so we'll see see how he does, but. Looks like another good sign. Yeah, I think so. Still quite young, twenty six. So, um, a lot of opportunity there to sort of progress if he does well. Uh, uh, interleague transaction next with Jackson Whistle moving to Nottingham from Sheffield. So Sheffield, I think there was a lot of talk about what they were doing with goaltending. So they don't have, they've not announced any goaltenders, but Whistle's moved. From Sheffield to Nottingham, given that they've already announced who I think would be their sort of starting netminder, he'll come in as as backup to Kevin Carr. Bit of a strange one, really, having been at Belfast then Sheffield. He's one of those guys that I thought he had he pulled off some really good saves, but he never really struck me as being totally solid, and dependable for a full season. Yeah, he never really. So gave gave any team that, that much confidence when he was in, when he was in there. Um, so I don't know. He's probably a sort of high end backup. Uh, I guess that's kind of what he's been used as. Although he's seen there, obviously. Oh well, obviously he did play quite a lot of games for Sheffield last year. But yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably more of a backup. I would say like a sort of top end backup. Yeah, he'll get he'll get as good fair share of chances. I think. He'll play a, a fair few games, but I definitely think he'll, he'll be going in as backup to Kevin Carr. Um, obviously, Sheffield are going down another route. I think we know that they're really starting to turn the screw in terms of their recruitment, so they've, they've clearly thought that Whistle is not, not part of those plans, so he's moved on to Nottingham. We'll, we'll see how he does. Obviously, you want to still be part of that GB setup, and he is probably... You know, based on performances, good enough for that. But he's not, he's not at bounds level, which is probably where he wants to get. But see how he does, really. Um, I think I can be very good, but not consistent enough for my liking. Yeah, agreed. Final signing uh, that's been announced up to this point is uh, a belter. To be honest, is Sheffield's version of of Chad Rowe, I guess, really. Um, if not. You know, potentially even better uh, on his day, but they have signed uh, Martin Saint Pierre or Saint Pierre 
who is yep. a 35-year-old uh, centre or left winger. Comes from uh, KHL and he's played uh, a ton of NHL games as well. Well, 39, which is, I guess, a ton for somebody coming to the Elite League. I mean, he's clearly a top player. He's got an Elite Prospects blurb as well. A bit older yep. at 35, but I think he'll still still be able to produce high numbers for Sheffield. Yeah, I think so. You know, like a couple of years ago, he was he was getting um, you know almost almost a point a game in the KHL. Um, you shall look back throughout his career, though his uh, American League as well, uh, really high numbers at times. He'd be, go back to 2006-2007 season. He played with Norfolk Admirals. Scored 99 points in 65 games. Um, so, like for for, a, for an AHL outfit, that's that is insane. Yeah. Numbers there, and kind of similar the year after as well. Um, he's obviously he's obviously been a really top player um, in his prime, and he's he's still obviously um, playing at that at that level. Um, you know, still kind of playing in the, in the KHL as well. So, yes, yeah, another really good signing. For, for the league and, and for Sheffield. Yep, I expect him to do very well. So they're really um, got some proper uh, dangerous weapons on that those forward lines this year. Um, so yep. it will be it will be interesting to see how much of an improvement that they make on last year. But I've got no doubt it will certainly be pretty significant. I think then we we kind of just want to to focus back on clan and uh, just the, the roster in general and uh, have a look through maybe some of the, the predicted lines and things that we've done um, as well as what we think about um, maybe some individual players and whatever else, how we'll match up to other teams so I just thought we'd start off with just your general thoughts on on the team that's been assembled General thoughts, I think Overall, it's uh, it looks to be an improvement um, on what we had last year. When you look at the likes of Chad Rowe and, and Matthew Wah coming in, and I think that really helps with the forwards. In defence, I think you are kind of you're lacking a sort of stay-at-home guy. Um, but you know, maybe the likes of Springer could perhaps take up that role rather than sort of just get himself involved in fights and stuff like that. Because he sort of look. I was trying to look at um, sort of highlight videos for a lot of the, the guys that we'd seen, and there's just nothing apart from fights for Springer. So you're sort of, uh, difficult to sort of, to sort of say from that point of view because um, you look at the other guys and you know they're all quite offensive. You would say some more than others, obviously, but you know guys like Jordan Hayward and, and Matt Stanish, you would probably say would be your next sort of stay-at-home type of guys. So, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult from that situation. You kind of don't really know what, you know, what positions they're going to end up playing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then sort of netminder as well. Uh, I guess you've, you've got sort of three guys there now. Um, <clears throat> so I, it's more sort of more competition, I guess. But obviously, Killeen's going to be your, your guy you're going to rely on. Yeah. I I think the the defence is it's harder to know what we're gonna get with it. Um, as you say, there's nobody there who you'd. Well, I mean, to me, Moore and Springer are 
are the guys who will be probably more defensively minded. But it's not to say that the rest of the guys aren't. It's just one of those things that will see how it comes together. I think I've written down that it was, it's hard to say that we definitely need this kind of guy and we're missing this kind of guy in it until we see how things pan out. Um, it might become pretty obvious if there's there's some sort of trait or a style of player missing then that would have to be addressed. But in terms of what I did was I sort of looked at them based on who they had replaced, who, who's gone in and who's gone out in each sort of position. So just quickly, for, for me, Killeen's an upgrade on Rumpel. So in terms of netminding, I think it's uh, it's a bit more solid. On the defence, obviously you've got Fitzy moving on to the bench. Sully's gone, uh, Gutwald's gone, and the other one Tyson is Tyson Wilson. Yeah, Wilson was the guy who I think we both probably wanted him to to be there again. He was maybe the steadier influence that we might be missing, we might not. For me though, I think I'm more excited about Pufal and Haywood than I'm about Sully and Gutwald, for example. So it's hard to see how the team's going to balance out, but for me, I'm feeling more excited about that defence than I was about the last one. So that's my biggest thing, to be not. Forwards-wise, for me, I think it looks like a lot better balance to the lineup. I've got here that... What have I got? So I've written more dynamic in terms of the forward line. So Connolly's gone, which is obviously a massive blow. But in uh, Rao and Wah, you've got two guys who could really score points, especially guys like Wah, I think, are switched on defensively. Hansen, yes, again, a possible big loss. Lidhammer, I think, is a replacement there. But uh, with... Doucet and Stupka going out, I think we've probably upgraded. I like the look of Laporte. Yeah. And obviously Rao and Wah coming in there. I think in general we've probably just about kept the best pieces and tried to upgrade in most positions. So to me it's positive, but it's it's it really is hard to, to say stuff like this until we see see them play. You know, I think for me, sort of losing Brendan Connolly was a was a big loss. You know, sort of not not being able to to keep him here. But then, sort of looking looking at Nolan Laporte and his kind of highlights, he's a he's a kind of similar type of player, I, th- I think, to Connolly. So there's there's kind of certain similarities there in that you know he's a kind of smaller guy, but he's not afraid to sort of get in amongst it and and will drop the gloves as well if need be. You know, likes to sort of be direct and stuff like that as well. So that's that's kind of positive. And obviously he's younger as well, so you, there's that kind of aspect to it. And I'm not saying he's going to be the next Brendan Connolly, but there's definitely signs there that would suggest that he's made in the same mould. Yeah, I think often the um, when teams sign guys, say, straight from NCAA or who have played there, it's a, it's, to me it's quite an underestimated high level. Of play, um, you know we've seen a couple of teams 
um, come from that league and then you see in the sort of Friendship 4 type or whatever the tournament's called in Belfast you get guys that go from that straight to um, NHL type contracts so he's done well there and then he's he's put up some good points in the East Coast League I think I think he'll be right up there in terms of secondary scoring for us um, and will play that agitator type role that Connolly did as you say he's not Connolly he's, <clears throat> I don't think he'll be as prolific on the points but I think above him we've got four guys to me in Rowe, Becca, Pitt and Wah who could be you know that's four potential top ten league scorers there for me so yeah, you're, so yeah. you're not needing the same reliance that we had on Connolly, Becca and Pitt you've got sort of more layered scoring zones for me but again, it's just it's just all shite, really, technically. But um, just trying but that, just trying to be positive ahead of yeah of yeah. the season. It does obviously depend on uh, lines and stuff. Like yeah, of course, going. of course. Um, I had the four of them: so Rao, Becca, Pitt, and Wa as my. Uh, so I, I didn't break this down lines yet, but those were my four guys. I thought would be top. The top scorer comes from those four. And they're all going to get points, I think, pretty reliably. Um, yeah. Then you've got Laporte, Ledhammer, Bierum, and Peacock, who I think should be the main guys looking to provide the secondary scoring. Um, if we get a decent season at Peacock, um, that could be really helpful. But the other three, maybe Bierum, not he's not. We know he's not a, a massive point scorer, but he does. Does a really good job defensively and stuff, but Laporte and Lidhammer could could provide good points, and then you you just need to see what you get from Tansky, Haywood, Muslin, Howlett point wise, but that's not what their role is. But to me, you've got three layers of potential score in there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think you know, so Berum tend, tended to. To score when we needed it most, I think he's he's one of these guys that uh, you know that can they can step up, and I think we saw that and sort of scored and scored a lot of big games for us last year as well, and sort of time, times of need as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, really glad to have him back, and yeah, he's pretty fluid as well. So you know, I think we've got we're starting to get that now. You you're getting guys in that can sort of play throughout the lines. Which is, which is good to have as well. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of continuity as well with these players. Mm-hmm. I think it's unlikely that they're going to get worse in their second season. You know, you, ne- you, you never know, but like Bierham, I think, will be reliable, as you say, and uh, can can produce big goals. I just think we've got more, more of a good spread of, yeah. of uh, points there. And then... Um, You've got guys like Wah. I think Rao as well will be somebody who knows his way about in terms of the defensive side of the game as well. There's no doubt you can't play at the level he has without being good both ways. And then obviously Tansky, Haywood, um, etc. So I don't think we're too offensive and I don't think we're too defensive on the forwards. Defence was a different question, but 
I like the look of the group of forwards. Um, the only thing I'd I'd said we've not got. I know it's always the pinnacle type player that we look to, but like a Lee Salters type guy. Um, we don't have a power forward, as they'd say, but you don't know if you need it until you see how these guys all play. It's it's hard to say. There wasn't one last year, and we did pretty well. So, um, you know, it's a nice to have. But if he's not, if there's not somebody there that fits and fits into the t- the team and whatever, then we don't have him. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. You look at the uh, the forwards there, and your your tallest forwards are Jack Musil and Scott Tansky. So you know, obviously not not massive guys, but um, you know the. They all kind of put a shift in last year, and um, we're all pretty, pretty gritty players, and sort of played around the board as well. Good on the four check and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, I'll bet it's just it'll be interesting to see kind of what what lines we end up with and, and who plays where, obviously. But it's, uh, it's definitely shaping up to be to be another good year. Yep. Um. So, in terms of the lines, then, um, did you get a chance to? To, quite to, John. to produce anything, right. I, I had written some my, my thoughts on it down, um, just based on my, my gut feeling, um, but obviously this is not going to be what happens at all. But it's just a good laugh, isn't it? Um, yeah. So who did? Obviously, Colleen's the starting goaltender. But what did you have for the defensive pairings? See, I, I'm just changing them right now because I've looked at it okay. again and I've sort of thought better of it. Um, so I've got, for potential three lines, I've got, who have I got? Jordan Haywood paired with Craig Moore. I just think that, you know, Moore's still kind of, at least he's 24 now and I guess he's uh, he's played in Fife and played at Cardiff, so he knows... He knows how the league works and stuff like that. I just feel like the experience that John Hayward's got, um, you know, so one of our most experienced D men now. Um, so I think that would be a good, a good partnership to have there. I think you've got, I've got Springer. Springer had a different one to sort of pair up. No, I've got, I've <laughs> got him paired, himself. <laughs> I've got him paired with Stanish just now. I'm not happy with that, but uh, and then I've got. Earhart and Puffal. Interesting. So uh, so we're similar in one out of the three there. Right. Uh, I, I did have Stanish and Springer together. My right. reason for that was that they played in Manchester together. Ah, of course. Not yeah. necessarily as a pair, but mm. there's probably a, a wee bit of chemistry there. Um, and I, I don't know, it's... it's Hard to say you try and put one offensive guy with a more defensive guy, but I've gone with those two. I had uh, Earhart playing with Moore just because I've, I've thought that Moore's maybe the more solid, and if Earhart's not prone to loads of errors, but I think he. Who, who did he play with last year? Earhart? I don't Travis remember. Earhart. Yeah, yeah. Who was he? Who was he paired with? Because we was Sully with was he with Sully? I don't think so. No, he's not with Wilson though. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, but I just I think Moore's more of a 
steady sort of um, defensive guy. So I put him with Earhart, and then so I've got Haywood and Pufal as your sort of first line. Mm. Yeah. D pairing, I think Haywood. Yeah, Haywood's probably in that vein. I had uh, a power play D line of uh, any any two between Haywood, <laughs> Stylish, <laughs> Earhart and Pufal. So Moorin and Springer don't play power play for me. Springer up in the box anyway. Uh, yeah, well true. Um, so any out of those those four, it depends, depends what Fitzy does. Some coaches play one defenseman on the power play, some play two, but those are my, my pairs anyway, so we'll see, but um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Jordan Haywood. I think he's going to be a good player for us. Yeah, agreed. Um, he was, uh, he was one, a D, to, D man to watch. Oof, we're going down that route, right, okay. Well, um, we're on it, yeah. Yeah, might as well. Um, I would, yeah, I was kind of toying between Haywood and, and Puffal. Um so I'll I'll say Puffal. I think I think he'll be a he'll be a top guy for us uh, this year. And kind of watching watch some some of the highlights that um, Jordan Haywood and, and Matt Puffal had. Um, you know, Haywood's probably a more of a physical player. Um, I've written down here can score like uh, what Fife's sat. Oh yeah, <laughs> the exciting video, yeah. For Arson. Uh, shoots well from the blue line. Uh, quick transition. Going going forward as well. Uh, and then for Pufal I've got skates really well. Uh, handy on the power play. Similar to Haywood but less physical. Good skater. Reads the game well. Um, See, that's a top so, scouting report, that. There you go. And that was from literally about three minutes worth of video, so... All that would be incorrect, but... Yeah, and he's yeah. he's considerably the biggest out of the six. Pufal as well, I think he's 6'2". Um, so, um, yeah, I think I think he'll, he'll be good going both ways. But... Um, yeah, the only worry is is maybe that we're too much forward thinking, but then I, I don't ever really believe that if you've got Fitzy as your coach, so um, that's true. Yeah, you know he he'll certainly be uh, on them defensively and stuff. That's just what kind of player he was. So um, no, it's not it's not as if I think we're going to be shipping loads of goals, but um, we we certainly wouldn't be short of of offensive threat going with the demon okay forwards what have you got so four lines will we snake will we snake them so I'll well I suppose it doesn't really work does it so you go you go with your your first line your top line right uh, this is interesting because <laughs> it's it's hard that is hard yeah so well I'm going to mention two lines which is kind of not really, which is kind of cheating a bit, but I've got Becca playing with Pitt and Wah. Now, Pitt centres that line, and obviously because they've played together before at Florida, it's almost 
never going to happen that Beck and Pitt are going to be split up for a full season. So it's sort of finding that guy who plays with him and given he's experienced playing with them before, I've put him on there. But my top line is, well, it's hard. <laughs> it's actually hard to say. So I've got Rau and Laporte and I don't know who the third guy is. It's either, I think if you go with, well, it might be Wa actually, might be my two Wa. That's maybe a wee bit top heavy. But then I've also, I'm also not ruling out Lidhammer and Bierum to fit in there somewhere. Yeah. Because I think they might complement. So, but I think Rouse definitely your top line. I'm assuming they'll play centre. Uh, Laporte to me will be will be good enough to be top two certainly, um, but maybe maybe he'll go Matthew Wa and then he'll put Ledhammer or Bierum with Becca and Pitt. Mm, although he might split up Becca and Pitt completely, and I'll just sound like a fanny, but I don't know. What did you have? Yeah, what? It was it's kind of interesting because I had I had Pitt Wa and Becca. Uh, as my top as my top line and then it's kind of it is a bit sketchy after that I quite like having Lidhammer and Bierum together um, yeah going for a wee bit of the Hansen Bierum combo yeah um, yeah it's not it's not far off I could shout that and then you would see, arguably you would maybe want Haywood centering that line or Peacock, Peacock as well. Well, or he's, Peacock, he's not yeah. he's not quite delivered, but he has played. He, he did do quite well when he. Uh-huh. I mean, Peacock's gonna gonna play centre, I think. So, you know, he did well with because he played with Bierum and Hansen, didn't he? Yeah. For a yeah, while, he and they yeah. did they did well. So there's nothing to say he won't be on the second line. Um, but yeah, it's hard to, hard to fit them all together but that's Fitz's job I suppose but yeah so so you had maybe Peacock maybe Haywood in there yeah um, I just I feel like they, they both kind of they both kind of played well uh, with Bierum and Hansen last year and I think Littimer's kind of similar style to Hansen uh, so that that could be interesting Um I just I, I'd quite like to have both the, both the Scandinavian guys together, um, and then you've got Laporte, Rowe, and Tansky maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. It is actually going to be really difficult to uh, try and work yeah. these out. Yeah, I mean, I think the common theme is that we seem to have put Rowe with Laporte, and we've got uh-huh. Becca with Pitt. Um, I mean, Becca and Pitt is is pretty much predictable. They might be split up, I don't know, but uh, I've just got a feeling about Rowan Laporte, um, and then you've got other guys to fit around that. But um, what about your then third and fourth lines? So then, well, third line you would have probably your Lidhammer Bierum. Okay. One of Peacock or Haywood line. Uh, so your second line would be. Rowe Laporte and X 
player X. <laughs> yeah. Which again could be Peacock or Haywood, depending on how that works out. And then you've got how like Tansky and Muzo. But again, Tansky, you can obviously he's pretty fluid as well. And yeah, very, very much so. Play throughout the lines as well. So uh, I suppose it's a nice dilemma to have. And, Sort of going on previous years where you would sort of say that guy's a stick on for that position. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think yeah. only really, I mean, Howlett and Musil will probably be playing on the fourth line, centred by one of uh, Haywood, Tansky, maybe Peacock at a push, but probably Haywood and Tansky. So, as you say, you've only really got two guys who you can be certain about, which is which is very good because it means that the quality is is shared around and there's not massive areas that, that you'd say are, are obviously weak. Yeah, exactly. But so you've got, I don't know, it is, it is more difficult. It is more difficult to do this, this exercise now, but it's... <laughs> I know. As soon as, as, soon as the, the, the teams come out for the first pre-season game, I'll be whipping out the notebook <laughs> and seeing how many ticks I get. Um, but no, so I had mentioned for power play the, the defenseman in terms of forwards. Well, you can you can really take your pick, but I think Rowe's going to be your probably go to guy. Wow, probably be on there as well. And also, I actually also had Matthew on the penalty kill. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And so you've got Becca, Pitt, Laporte, Bierum, Lidhammer, Peacock. <laughs> basically, naming, basically naming everybody, but that's again a, a symptom of the fact that it's not obvious who who's going to go where, which is good. But I mean, I think the top guys are certainly going to start as our sort of two power play units. And then the penalty kill add Craig Moore, Springer. Stanish, Pufal, but you know, mainly I think Moore and Springer will be the, the guys on that. Although, what how much responsibility gives Moore's maybe up for debate? But your forwards, you've got Wah, Haywood, Tansky, Lidhammer, possibly Laporte. So, he's just trying to split them into potentially defensive minded guys, uh, yeah. and your forwards. But I think we've got enough to, to do that. You know what you get from like Tansky and Haywood, they'll they'll definitely be there. But even Lidhammer and Matthew Wah, I think, add to the defensive side of the game as well. Yeah, definitely. Um we've seen that from, from Wyatt Sheffield. Obviously was was good on the on the penalty kill as well. So I think I think he will be used in that situation. I think you look at um Tansky as well. Uh really good on the penalty kill. and possibly non Laporte as well. Just sort of that that kind of chasing the puck down and uh, it's a good positional sense and, and can break quickly if need be. Um, so I think you've got you've got that um, there to utilise. In terms of defenseman, I would have Haywood. Who I I think I think he's pretty physical. Stanish. So reads the game well. Pufal reads the game well. <laughs> Three minutes scouting so, report. Brilliant. <laughs> nah, I'm just. I'm nah, just, I know. I, I, I do agree. My head, I do agree. Uh, so maybe I have Springer 
Springer, Stanish, and then Haywood and Pufal, maybe. I just I'd I would like to see more uh, Craig Moore before I sat. Yeah, before you label him as a Yeah. As a as a penalty, penalty kill kind of guy, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's actually probably sensible. I've just I've picked mine in an ideal world and you've picked yours with realistic scouting reports in mind. Um, right, who I'm, do you th- I'm gonna update their blurbs. <laughs> you should. Um moving on slightly, who's gonna be if you you've just to pick one name, who's gonna be the top point scorer? So sorry, top point scorer first. Or a top goal scorer first and then top point scorer. Oofed. Let's go with Becca will be top goal scorer. Okay. And I think Roy will be your top overall point scorer. I've actually put all my eggs in one basket. Although I do like the Becca goal scoring shout because he's just superb when it comes to that. I'm yes. going to dive straight in and say Rowe's top point and goal scorer. Right, good. I but mean, I'd be happy with that. If, if Becca yeah. continues to score what it has been, and then if, if Rowe's uh, superseding that, then that'd yeah. be good. Yeah, but as I said, I mean, you've got four guys, with if you include Pitt and Wah there, who, who could be in the top however many in the league if you get their best game, so... You know, I, I don't think it's certainly not a worry for me. Top, this one's pretty, this one's easy, but top penalties in minutes, achiever. London Square. <laughs> Absolute stick on. Of course it is. Closely followed by, for me, Laporte. And yeah, also, yeah. also maybe Lidhammer. Or yeah. Matthew Wah, I think the, the two of them maybe. I've got a wee niggle or two in them. Potentially Pufal or Haywood, Jordan that is. Um, but yeah, I think Springer definitely. And then a few hundred penalty minutes further down, even if we get Laporte. But I might even go, go as far as to say Springer will end up with more penalty minutes than the rest of the defence. Combined, yeah, not the most ridiculous shot. Do you think he'll be? T- will he be top ten in the league? Oh, for sure. No, okay. I think um, we'll maybe say this for the next the next podcast. But we can do some some predictions. Yeah, of the of the top of the sort of player charts for different categories. Uh, or you um, mean or you mean predictions of it clan individual players for the season? Yeah, uh-huh. okay. something more, more clan-based. Yeah, no, we'll do that. The The last thing then I thought that we would touch on is how you think the current, well, the, well, we know exactly what it is, but the clan team will match up to other teams, given that um, some of the other teams obviously aren't fully complete, but um, I just looked at each of the teams and sort of thought, how did I see us matching up against them? Before that, I, w- I want to know who is your forward? What what forward are you picking for your forward for, of the year? Oh, for forward of the year? I've actually gone Nolan Laporte. Yeah, I also think Laporte uh, is but, a solid 
solid choice there. Yeah, but I mean, in in Rowe and Matthew, well, I've got two guys that I really am looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I for sure. Um, Just knowing what Matthew has done before, I mean, I think it would be brilliant to have him on the team. Yeah. Um, and then a guy like Rowe is just obviously superb, so I think he's too good to disappoint almost, but that'll be that'll be me cursing it right there. But certainly a lot to a lot to be positive about player wise, I think. Yeah, definitely. So I had gone through the teams in absolutely no order really, but the first thing I'd written was that I think we will be stronger than the, well, the first one's quite obvious, but stronger than Dundee, and I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be quite a bit better than Fife as well. I.e., even though this conference thing doesn't exist, I think we should be really comfortable again in the conference. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that as well. There's not really, there's not many signings that both of those teams have made that. They made me think that it's going to be problematic for us to sort of retain the, the conference for this year. Um, so far, obviously, there's still... Yeah, I mean, Fife have, Fife have still got a good few to announce. Dundee, I like the look of some of their players, but uh, just... The... Nobody's really striking the fear in you. No, that's no. the kind of main thing. No, not, not out of those two, anyway. Um, so as you say, I think we should be pretty dominant there, but we'll see what happens in the rest of the five signings. Um, I'd seen rumours that Gutwald and somebody had also said they thought Tyson Wilson was going to five, but I think his, <laughs> his mum had said he's back in Canada and he's got not got hockey plans for this this year. But Gutwald, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in five, but. With all due respect, eh, he's not the kind of guy that, as you say, would strike fear in terms of a signing. Um, no, he's solid. He's oh, solid. yeah, he is. Absolutely is, yeah. He's solid enough. And can play yeah. forward as well, but he's yeah. not... I think the way our team's looking, I think, yeah, we should be pretty dominant. Um, but then when you, you look at budgets and stuff, that's probably how it, how it would be expected, but... Um, you always want to to dominate those guys. Guildford are looking strong again, but I think we'd said last week as well. We hopefully we we match up better with them this year. But I mean they've basically re-signed everyone, maybe two or three new guys. So we know what we'll get with them, but we I don't think I'm not wanting to be hammered by them every time we play again. No, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's going to happen. Now. I do think that we have improved overall on last year. Uh, um, so you know, just even from that, even from that point of view, I think that there'll be more, be more of a competition with Guildford uh, than it was last year. Yeah, there's there's going to be somebody who we struggle to beat. There uh, always is, yeah. There the, always you is. know, there always is, but it tends to change most years. So. Uh, if it's Guildford again, then that that wouldn't be great. But you know what you're going to get with them. They'll they'll play that quite exciting, fast hockey. So look forward to seeing them. But hopefully, get the better of them. 
Next up was Manchester. I've got no idea what order I did this in, but it's starting to go alphabetical now, so there's maybe a bit of a recovery there. Is it? Well, I just mean Guildford, then Manchester. Okay. <laughs> um, stand, stand halfway through the alphabet. They, they've not got everybody signed again, Manchester, but just looking at it, I think we've got a better team there in place than them as well. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to think we can finish finish above them. Uh, although they, they have got guys that definitely can cause problems for teams, but I've not got a big enough picture yet of, of what they're gonna be like to think that they're gonna be better than than we've got. Yeah. Well I mean the Best goal in the league, obviously. Yeah, that could be an issue for us. But apart from that, there's nothing, again, really. I think Dallas Earhart's pretty decent, actually. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. And then you've got, you know, Matthew Gagnon. But, yeah, so I, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, I don't think any of their forwards are really... Well, none of them really stand out to me much, apart from Lukacevic or Lukacevic. Um, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah. You would, you would maybe say, uh, but obviously he's a he's a kind of known known quantity to us, and we know how well he can play. But um, for the newer guys coming over, they seem to be, uh, you know, majority of them are kind of in their mid twenties. So um, perhaps just coming out of uni and stuff, and maybe just taking a chance on a few guys and, and seeing what happens there. Yeah, so they could actually sort of explode out the traps. Like they did a couple of years ago, and yeah, I think they had a bit more experience in their team then. But um, maybe changing the approach a bit, like Nottingham have sort of done, going a wee bit younger and stuff. So, yeah, a couple of really good players there, but nothing, nothing that says um, that says that I think they'll finish above us. Um, no. Then, sorry. No. no. Just, just quickly. I just obviously they've lost Mike Hammond. Well, um, exactly. Which a huge loss. We've lost Kieran Long as well to Belfast, another big player from last year. Uh, and then you know Luke Moffat as well. Although didn't I, I have as good a year last season, but the season before that was was excellent for them. So that's you know three of their top players, and then obviously uh, like Shane Back and, and stuff like that as well, Dane Byers. But yeah, a big turnaround for them. Yeah. Um, a, a real unknown I think again I like not being an unknown for a change it's good not to be unknown I like the consistency that we've yep. got alphabets back out the window again but uh, Coventry Blaze I think I think they're looking pretty strong I would say maybe the loss of Ben Lake is huge but I think they certainly look competitive and maybe along with Guildford sort of top four aside, top four teams aside yeah, we'll come on to that but I think they'll probably be the, the closest to us although again there's not much that's really frightening me there. I don't know the, can I judge on last year they've lost uh, Nikolai Brunisveen Ben Lake who you mentioned Nicky Forrick Nick Euphoric, Kevin Morris, so a lot of... Crowder, I assume. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Tim Crowder, um, I think he got about a point a game or something, so... 
Yeah, so can I big guys there, but yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the guys that brought him look pretty good. Uh, Andrew Johnson looks looks like a player. Uh, Evan Bloodoff, we know from from Fife, so we know yeah. how well how well he can play. And then obviously you've got like other guys, Paul Camp brothers and yeah, Shestel's good yeah. defenseman. I think yeah. one of the other crucial things is that they they try and keep the same goaltender for a whole season. And that guy, that guy Phillips, looks really solid to me. I think we've touched on it before, but I think I'm sure last year they had like three goaltenders, which just doesn't really help. It doesn't give many of them a chance to to settle. So if they get fifty or so games out of Phillips, then um, I think it will really it will really help. But if you're losing a keeper after a few games and then bring in another one it's difficult to to adjust so in a sense unknown but I think they've certainly gone some way to to fill in the gaps that were left but um, not not quite all the way so I, again I'd still be quite confident that we could finish ahead of Coventry Yeah I would agree with that I'm just looking at the roster from last year apparently they had 8 goaltenders <laughs> I think four, like four of them are sort of guys that never, never played, but were maybe, yeah. maybe backups once, once or twice. But um, yeah, Matt Matt Hackett, Miroslav Kopriva, and Mikael Wheatman, Obviously, your three, yeah. your three top ones, and then Jordan Headley is your backup. Yeah, so it's it's impossible to get consistency when you've got that many. Yeah. Goalkeepers, really. um, so we'll see with them, but I, I'm still confident. Then we get into the <coughs> more unknown region, um, but we'll start with Nottingham, and they've obviously gone down a, a different route. They've moved away from the big CV guys, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in the main, and gone a wee bit younger. Um, and from that point of view, I think we'll match up quite closely with them, but... You know they they could perform really well for them and do better than they have have previously, because I think Wallace, and obviously having Doucette there, they're they're going down a different route and it could, could pay off. But they they've certainly not get the big names that they've had in the past. But that's not worked. No, no, it's not worked. I'm just kind of looking at some of the guys there. So, Adam Dutch, Swedish uh, defenseman. He's only 24, but he's played in KHL and Swedish Hockey League. So um, he looks to be a really, a really good signing for them. Um, and then obviously they've, they've kind of got the experience of Mark Matheson from, from Sheffield there. Brian Connolly as well, 33-year-old defenseman. Um, not, the, yeah. not the TV presenter. Or the father um, of Brendan. Well, yeah, exactly. And then sort of forwards as well. George Golovkovs, we know a wee bit about. But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, obviously they've still got a few forwards to, to sign, but again, it's not really striking fear into me, I don't think. I think no. we can definitely match up with the, them so far. Their previous rosters did, but mm-hmm. they've changed that, and the thing that I would be most thinking of is that the, the change in regime kind of really works for them, and they they take off but they always do start well so it's, it's hard to read into that maybe if they've got a poor start that's more worrying for all the rest of the teams 
Um, what we'll see. So, just finally, then we've got Belfast, Sheffield, and Cardiff. Um, Cardiff, I think, obviously, I've not really counted them much because I still think they'll be, if not the top team, then top two. And we know we know what what they get, and we've we've not done well against Cardiff for for ages now. I think we'll we'll maybe other than the you know the odd game we made the Challenge Cup win and stuff, but I think in terms of the consistency of Cardiff, we'll we'll struggle to compete with that. So I, I'm not in any way thinking that we'll be close to them. Right. In a, in a, in terms of a season. Not necessarily one-off games. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you look at last year and uh, the Challenge Cup, and we did pretty well there. But you look at the league form against Cardiff, and it was pretty miserable. So yeah, and, and a one-off game, who knows? But I think over overall, uh, you would say that you know even the guys, the San Diego guys that they've, that they've brought in, obviously Blair Riley there and. Uh, a Finnish guy, what's his name? Massey Maria. Maria Mackey? Yeah, Maria Mackey. Yeah. Um, so again, a, a, another couple of really good uh, additions, it looks like. And we know uh, guys like Charles Longley and stuff like that. We Steph Dixon as well. Yeah. And also, but these guys are getting older now as well. So that's something yeah, 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 right. I guess. But, but obviously, you still get guys like Joey Martin as well as just turned 31 I think so uh, and he's been there for a, a number of years and you know what a top player he is as well so uh, yeah I, I just think I think there'll be another uh, force to be reckoned with I very much agree Belfast have not signed as many players yet or announced as many as, as some of the other teams uh, a bit Fife-esque in that sense but I think um, looking at some of the some of the talent they've got, uh, they'll be decent. It does depend a bit on who they still to announce. I mean, I, I won't be surprised if there's a couple of really big CV guys to come in. You know, because they've they've not got any hugely marquee forwards yet. You know, in terms of like some of the other signings we've seen in the league, um, and we know they've got a decent budget, so I'd expect some big names to come in. Shane Owen, as we've said, I don't think is as strong as Bess Grawani, so I I'd I'd written here that I'd like to think that we can we can be close with Belfast. Might not we might not um finish you know right right up with them in the league, but I think as a as a match up, match to match, I think I think we can we can try and hold our own there and you never know but Hard to say with them, they've not signed everyone up yet, but they have got some real real talent. Although they have lost guys, but they've also um, kept a lot a lot of guys uh, from last year as well. Uh, Curtis Leonard, Kevin Rain, um, obviously a couple of solid demon for them last year, and then you add to that Jesse Forsberg and Matt Pellick or Pellich. Yeah. Don't know. Very but, good name there, yeah. To be fair, but both both of those guys look really solid. Um, so I think you know defensively they look pretty good so far. Yeah. Um, perhaps one or two more to come in there, but 
Uh, yeah, and then forwards as well, Kieran Long, Ben Lake, you know, so taken from from Manchester and, and Coventry, uh, respectfully. So, you know, I think yeah, successful in the league. To be fair, yeah, they are successful in the league. Jordan Smotherman, I thought was really good for them. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, yeah. And then you know, so younger guy Patrick Ronka looks pretty skillful. Um, yeah, I, I expect a few, a few other bigger, bigger name signings like you say uh, to come in there for sure. Yeah, I think I think we can we can be close to them, but I think we'll, in the end, as you say, that there are a, there are a few big names in there. I think they'll just be just be a bit bit too strong for us over the course of the season. But look forward to matching up against them. I always like playing Belfast. And then finally Sheffield. They, I think, are possibly the the most significant change to a team uh, from last year. Nottingham, arguably, as well. But um, they've really Sheffield have really introduced some proper quality, and I think they'll be they'll be really strong. I'd be amazed if if they're not. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, I mean, guys, unknown quantities. Uh, to the league as well. Um, Mark Olivier Valorant sticks out, obviously. Uh, obviously, Brendan Connolly, John Armstrong, guys I've had before um, as, as forwards, and then you, you add to that, uh, like Martin St Pierre, and you know, kind of younger guys as well, uh, Shudra as well. Um, all round, just seems like a pretty top going forward, and then. Uh, defensively look look really solid as well. Um, so yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Like. No, they they definitely will. I, I don't think we'll be beating them five and six nil every time. Um, but it'll be good to see Matthew Wah come up against them again. Hopefully, yeah, bang in a few goals. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with our goaltender, but I don't think we'll take many risks there. Um, no, I'd expect a a solid uh, goaltender to come in and then yeah like that guy Lem Tugov uh-huh. uh, he obviously is a really skillful guy um, yeah they, they're looking good it's always sad to see Connolly's name in Sheffield um, but I, I've got no doubt he'll just be firing the points again so that, that they're looking strong Um so I, I think they'll be up up challenging, but whether they can match Cardiff's sort of consistency is, remains to be seen. But there's they've definitely put a statement out there saying saying that they're they're not uh, they won't be having the, the season like they did last year. No, definitely not. Uh, I would be amazed if you know if they were if they were worse uh, than last year. Yeah. yeah, I think there's too much too much quality there. There's no way some of those guys will not be good. It's no, like Chad definitely. Brown, there's no way he, he won't be good. I wonder, I, I just thought about somebody else there, Pat Dwyer at Belfast. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing, I wonder if he's going back to Belfast or if he's retiring or whatever. But he was a guy who had played loads of games in the NHL and was just very good uh-huh. when you saw him. So... You know, maybe if Belfast get him and stuff like that, but 
guys like that, I just think, are too good to fail. Yeah. But no, that, that would be the commentator's curse again. But we'll see. <laughs> Sometimes it's just it's the kind of age aspect as well, though, with some of these players. Mm, um, yeah. Patrick yeah. Dwyer's 36 and Charles Longley's 37 now. So, you know, guys like that obviously played at the highest level and uh, obviously have still got it. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about, about Belfast not, not having a, a good a good team ready to go. Yeah. Talk about age there, and then you see Alex Graham on the Sheffield roster. He was born <laughs> in 2003. It just that makes is. you wonder, you know? Makes you feel old. Yeah, it does. But no, so... That's all the teams, really, but I think, in general, a lot of excitement and stuff about clan, as you'd said, maybe the next podcast or two we'll do a, a detailed predictions about players. That'd be quite good. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously people have got thoughts about what we've said or what, what they think players are going to be like, then let us know. But that was our detailed clan roster completion sesh. Hope you enjoyed it, lads. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was lads, terrible. Lads and lasses. I enjoyed recording it. I also enjoyed recording it. And hopefully if you've enjoyed listening, you'll you'll spread the word. Give us a wee five star rating on, on yeah. iTunes and all that. Exactly. All that good stuff. Get it done. But no, good place to end, I think. Um, yep. Thanks to everyone for turning up, as always. And we will be back with you. Next time we record, there will be hockey coming this month. So... Just round the corner. What more can you want? Exactly. Bring on the Fry Bergians. <laughs>